Doom Tiger is made of a single band member, David Taylor, and he's here tonight. Man, it's good to have you on The Antidote, David. Yeah, thanks. I read on your Facebook page that this music bug bit you in 2012. So you got to tell me, what kind of a bug was that? Um, well, basically, for like a few years, I had been like kind of wanting to make music, but it was uh, sort of intimidating to, and then... Uh, one day I was playing around on an acoustic guitar and I decided to uh, try drop D tuning. And then uh, after doing like some power chords, I realized that like it wasn't actually that hard to, uh, you know, come up with some cool riffs. So you chose this route because it was the simplest for you? Yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, well, I also just like the sound of uh, power chords and stuff. Well, what about your music background then? Were you always into metal and just loving this type of thing with the power chords? Uh, no, that was more um, maybe mid-2000s. Uh, like, before that, I, I don't know, I listened to, like, Newsboys and uh, Plus One and, <laughs> I don't know, a bunch of bands that I just can't really stand these days. Okay, so we're talking old newsboys because there's always been this big controversy between old newsboys and new newsboys and yeah. which was the better. I mean, you know, I don't think you can say which one's better just because, like, they're so different. Um, you know, there's a type of newsboys that I, even currently, like, still like more than the uh, other type of newsboys. But you've definitely moved on past that point because now you're into metal. Yeah. So give me some of your favorite current metal artists. Uh, well, I can technically still say they're current because I haven't played their final show yet, but Showbread. Oh, yes. Uh, and then Extol is really good, too. Also, even that's a pretty diverse range. Um, I kind of listen to all the subgenres. Like, um, also, uh, you know, Tourniquet I really like. Advent. But I do gravitate towards like the heavier stuff, generally, like uh, death metal. And that's really what you've flowed into with your music. Yeah. And I gotta say, you have got to be one of the most prolific artists I've ever met. What is it now for Doom Tiger? Six releases since 2013? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of material to push out. Yeah, and... um. Yeah, because I've only got like a few years left to join the 27 Club. So uh, <laughs> so you have to keep it on track. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, you got to tell us the truth here. Are you obsessed with music? I guess I must be. Because, I don't know, I just, I spend so much of my uh, free time working on it. Um, not like constantly all my free time or anything, but like, I pretty much always have like a plate that I'm spinning like currently I'm working on two albums for the next few months and then uh I've got some plans for other things in the future. You know, I can take a week or two off every now and then, but then I do like a bunch of stuff in the next week. Well, I'd like to hear more about your actual recording process. Do you do this all DIY? Uh yeah, definitely. Um and you know, I and I was I was really lucky uh that my dad is um, is a musician, and he's had like a lot of experience in, uh, in making music. So he had a bunch of uh, stuff already, and uh, you know, and some knowledge too that was helpful. Uh, 
So I don't know. I've basically been able to borrow a lot of stuff from him and, uh, you know, but in the end, like making music is like way cheaper than, uh, it used to be for sure. What does your dad think about the music that Doom Tiger creates? Uh, he, I mean, he actually, he really likes, uh, he, he likes that it's something that I've made. He's not like hugely into metal or anything. I've gotten him into some bands like Maylene and the Sons of Disaster. Yeah. The Southern Um, Rock. Yeah. I, I think that maybe like translates a little better than some other bands, but like everything I've done, he is, uh, like behind me all the way. Even my mom, uh, whereas she's, you know, less likely even to uh, listen to music uh, that I listen to. That's great. It's always nice to have the parental support. (laughs) But, you know, seriously, even I struggle with some of the styles of metal that you record, even though I really enjoy quite a wide range of music genres. Yeah. Are you talking about drone metal? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's... Drone metal is just, I don't know, It's maybe it's more fun to record than to listen to. Uh, it just, I don't know, it gets, it gets me into this, like, calming place. Sometimes when I'm practicing a drone metal riff or so, like, I'll just be lying on my bed, plugged into this, like, big Marshall amp, and uh, zoning out and playing the same thing over and over again. <laughs> So you just have to be in one of those mindsets to want to be able to do that, to be able to do the drone? Yeah, and listening-wise, it's it's good to listen to it when you're, like, studying or doing homework or something, because it's not really, like, intensive. Okay, then, have you ever been concerned about the accessibility of the music? I mean, the acceptance of people to the music of Doom Tiger? No, I... I'm kind of rebellious with uh, a lot of things, not to like a huge extent, but uh, with music, it's like for uh, for that first EP, uh, you know, the name of it is uh, Mass Market Media for the Masses, <laughs> which is my way of saying just like, like, this isn't for you, but I'm just like going to put it out there. You were just trying to push people's buttons with that album title? Yeah. I mean, the songs on it ran between 13 and 27 minutes long. That's extreme. Yeah. Uh, But then also, like, I don't know, I had a lot of fun recording that EP, but uh, I couldn't really, like, work on them enough to, like, whittle them down because it was just something I recorded uh, during spring break. But uh, in the end, like, it was me, like, deciding, uh, do I do drums in this song or... And do I do, like, uh, vocals and lyrics? Or is it just something I, like, do just kind of stream of consciousness and just, like, get it out there as soon as possible for April Fool's Day? Which I guess kind of goes into that with... Uh, so far, I've released everything either, like, on a holiday or on uh, or on a birthday of either, like, me or someone I know. <laughs> well, okay, you were bringing up about being a student. Where do you go and what are you taking? Uh, I go to the University of Northern Iowa. Um, I'm taking, technically the long name for it was uh, Communication Electronic Media Performance Slash Production. But I guess it's getting renamed now to uh, Digital Media. Just because it takes a lot less time to type that out. Yeah, maybe. And <laughs> it's more like 
focused curriculum or something. It's kind of annoying actually because it it takes uh, I think like six fewer credit hours, which means I like I don't know. I guess I wasted like six credit hours somewhere along the way. Well, listen. I want to go back to the recording style of Doom Tiger because it really gives the songs a raw feel. With doing it that way, is it really just trying to intensify the sound? Yeah, I I think, you know, it's more raw because I try to not, like, um, or, you know, I almost did uh, fake drums for uh, my first album, and then I just decided, like, you know, the fake drums sound, like, technically good and everything, but I'd rather have the sound of my drum set because, like, it's uh, more of an unpolished sound. And I don't know, maybe just like kind of raw sounding mixes in general. Like if something is too clean, it's, uh, I don't know, it's, you know, there's there's bands that like, um, they'll have one album and uh, it's a decent mix, but it's not like perfect. And then their next album will be like more perfect, but it's got less like lasting appeal for me to listen to, I guess. I think I know where you're going with this because, you know, often it can just sound artificial. It sounds so polished. There was one particular metal band, I won't name them, but was really impressed by their studio albums. Saw them live twice, and each time it's like, you guys really can't pull this off on stage. That's that's a problem these days. And I don't have, like, anything against it, kind of, where, where people, like, um... Everything's perfectly synced up by computers and stuff, and uh, or they're doing like bass drops. Like it's fine if that's the sound you're going for. And with my music, like I do have this problem where I uh, rearrange like all the kick parts so they are just perfect. But it's because like that's like what I'm going for. Like um, for the grip, I I did that to a much lesser extent because part of the idea for the sound of that album is just uh more unpolished and raw uh versus like my next album there's just like some stuff that has to be perfectly lined up for it to fit the genre well i'm talking about genres that's where it's unusual with doom tiger because the music you're creating it doesn't stick to any one particular type of metal you know each of the releases seem to use one style of metal or sometimes draws even several styles together yeah i think that's uh maybe because i listen to just all different types of metal but like uh i've even tried for a few albums now to follow like one specific uh band sound like um Osphiria was i wanted like hands in a hope for home and and i think i did get that for a couple songs but then all of a sudden, there were like a few songs I came up with that are just totally not them. So the finished product comes out, and I really like it, but like this is only half what I was going for. And then the rest like snuck in <laughs> through the back door. Yeah. Also, something that you carry on with with Doom Tiger is these surreal themes on your latest albums. Anyway, you were bringing up some of the titles. I'm not even sure if that's the right pronunciation. Pelagia? Uh, Pelagia. Pelagia. But I don't know. Maybe it is Pelagia. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'll say it your way. Pelagia has the layers of the ocean. The grip uses the Spanish flu outbreak. And then Earth's atmosphere on Asphyria. 
does this help to give you a focus on creating that particular album? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, there's something about like concept albums where it feels more of a like cohesive whole than if I was just like recording some songs. I think it's like just a case where like my reach exceeds my grasp. <laughs> but it's a but it's a way for me to like force myself to do anything at all. Like I'm shooting for this one thing and and I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna reach it, but you know, I just I just want it to be good overall. So then like it helps focus me. Okay, so what type of limitations are you finding with yourself to be able to create the music that you want? Uh definitely skill. Because uh, how I do projects is really like, I throw a bunch of stuff together and like pretty much all my songs, I haven't played the like guitar parts all the way through. Oh, so you're freestyling. Yeah, like I try to have stuff that you can play, but uh, sometimes it works out so that like, oh, whoops, I was in a different tuning for this part of the song. So if I played this live, it would be like cheating anyway. And uh, with drumming, like, I can play the majority of what I write drumming-wise, but there's some stuff that's, like, really hard, but I just, I want to push myself. Well, like, I've been drumming most of my life, so I already know how to write at least uh, complicated drum parts. Uh, and then after that, all you need is, like, a lot of practice to get that part down. But with guitar, I've only been playing it four years now, so I try to push myself on guitar, too, but I, I'm just less confident in my ability to play what I write on guitar. But it seems like you're almost a bit of a perfectionist because you had sent me a new remastered version of Aspheria. And I've also read that you want to re-record vocals on another Doom Tiger release. Yeah, Palasia. Okay, does that fit you, the perfectionist label? Yeah, I, I, would, I would say so. Uh, it's like at least I know I'm a perfectionist, so I can know when enough is enough, maybe. But with, I don't know, with the Osferia remaster, uh, there were so many things that were bothering me. And like, I mean, part of it wasn't even my fault. Part of it was the problem that my laptop came with uh, Beats Audio. And I had this problem where like, I couldn't remove it. And so I could turn off Beats Audio, but then that ended up with some like weird sound quality thing where all the bass was gone from it. So basically then I was listening to Osferia like right before I was going to send it in to CD baby. And I was noticing that like, Oh, I can't really hear the bass in this. And so I, I turn up like the bass on the kick drum and stuff. And, and the whole mix just ended up being really muddy because of that. You know, so this summer I realized like I had that I was willing to spend the money to just re-release it completely. And uh, then I spent like a week and a half working on uh, the remastered version in the end, I, I'm, you know, I'm happy with what's going to be out there now. Give us the type of time frame, how much time you actually put into a single album. I don't know. Because uh, it's not constant work. It's so many bits and pieces. Um, it adds up to probably over 100 hours conservatively. Maybe it's like way more. <laughs> Maybe I'm a bad judge of how long these albums are taking then just tell everybody it's 10,000 hours and they'll just be like wow yeah 
I mean, it's it's at least hundreds of hours. It kind of depends on the album, too. Like, uh, the longer away the deadline is, the more I spend on it. Because uh, I try to just have, like, a hard deadline. I'll just work until then, and then what I have there is what I release. And it kind of just works out, I guess, where, you know, it forces you to just work on it more. And how do you find the time between school work and having enough time to do the music? I don't think I do. Like, I don't know. There's been a lot of times where, like, instead of homework or studying, I'll I'll work on music. And uh, as far as work goes, last semester, I'd, it was only, like, really a part-time job. So, and now it's more, uh, you know, finding time between work and music with some school. So, I don't know. I guess there's a balance in there. Okay, we keep talking about job, and you've got to pay for school this is effectively is your job. So how do people go about purchasing the discography of Doom Tiger? Uh, iTunes is always there. Uh, I, I listen to most of my stuff through Spotify, but it does not pay particularly well. I don't know. And then there's also Amazon MP3. Pretty much like anywhere you can buy music online, which is why I like CD Baby. I don't know. I like having everything out there. Well, what about the music of Doom Tiger? Is there actually an underlying purpose to this, or are you just out to have some fun? Uh, maybe a little bit of both. I mean, it definitely is me having fun, uh, but also it feels like something I need to do. Like, I don't know. I, I'm kind of lazy. I, there's just not much that I feel like I need to do as much as making music. So that's the priority in life. Yeah. And this is your long-term aim is to stay in music? Yeah, definitely, uh, at least as a side project. I don't know. I guess I, I still probably take it more seriously than uh, other people would take side projects. Just, I don't know, I plan on making music until the day I die, whenever that is. <laughs> I don't know, I have this friend who's uh, now in Oregon, but like before he left we recorded uh some kind of like drone metal and i released under the name moon tigers and then i'm also in a uh kind of indie rock band with my younger brother named strix varia i don't know how you find the time <laughs> i don't know okay so you got to be honest david does metal take up all of your time or what other type of music could also appeal to you uh, but I listen to, or do you know Bjork? Yeah, Bjork. Yeah. Everybody should, even though it's amazing how many people don't. Yeah, I, yeah. I had this friend even uh, who had not heard of Bjork, and she would be like right up her alley. And I actually like introduced her to Bjork, and now she's like in love with her. Ninety nine percent of what I listen to is Christian metal, mm -hmm. but then there's the other one percent that's like. Uh, Mashuga, Blotted Science, and then softer stuff like Fleet Foxes, Grizzly Bear, and Bjork. Because uh, Bjork I discovered, like, I don't know, a couple years ago now, maybe. But from, like, the very first song, I was just, like, mesmerized. These days, I, I listen to Bjork every night, uh, like, while I fall asleep. <laughs> I want to ask you about the upcoming releases. You mentioned that you've got not just one project, but two projects underway. 
when could we expect that to be coming out onto the market? Uh, the kind of final album of the three-part trilogy of like Pelagia and Ausphiria with uh, Foscoria coming out August 28th. And then uh, I have the sequel to The Grip called The Great Mortality coming out November 13th. And then uh, beyond that, I have, I don't know, stuff just for next year sometime. Uh, I want to do a showbread tribute album called like Welcome to the Bread Show or something. <laughs> uh, and then I have a a few songs a friend and I recorded, but that's more, I don't know, that's more kind of out in the ether right now. Well, David, I want to thank you for coming on The Antidote and talking about Doom Tiger, and we'll be looking forward to those releases. Uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs>